Welcome to Pints and Politics. Pints and Politics is a weekly discussion program of all things political, coming to you through the facilities of Trent Radio 92.7 FM here in Peterborough, Ontario. My name's Bill Templeman. In addition to this live broadcast every Tuesday on Trent Radio, Pints and Politics is three other things. We're live streamed via the Trent Radio website at the MP3 streams link. We're also a podcast at pintsandpolitics.ptbopodcasters.ca. And uh, every Thursday, 5 p.m., a group of local pundits gathers at the Garnet, Garnet Pub, Elmer and Hunter in Peterborough, to talk about politics. Good listening skills are not required, but good ranting skills are a must. We have a guest in our studio this evening, Dave McGowan. He's running for a seat on City Council in Monaghan Ward. This is Dave's first time running for office. Welcome, Dave. Dave, uh, to start off with, really the start of the batting order, uh, I'm asking all candidates, why are you doing this? Why are you running? I think what uh, really why I want to run is I, I, since my wife and my family and I have moved here, we love this city. I see a great potential for this city, and uh, I really want to do my part to help it realize its uh, future. Great. Now, this campaign, what do you bring to this campaign as a candidate? And I guess by that, I mean... Wh- what should uh, we know about your background and uh, all that that entails for running for office? You've got a quick primer on my, my work history. I was a, a former IT guy. I used to do, develop telephone systems and voicemail systems for in a, in a previous life. I, I changed that uh, in my late 20s, early 30s, and got into broadcasting. I spent a great deal of time traveling around Ontario, uh, working in a number of different municipalities, uh, from Timmins in the north to uh, Toronto in the south. I think what I bring is, is an understanding of the issues, the ability to talk to uh, people, to understand and sympathize with their mm-hmm. needs. Uh, I think I bring a, a, a very level-headed approach to uh, planning and decision-making within City Hall. And I think one of the best things that I bring, and I really do feel from my career as a journalist that really helps me along, is that I've sat in on hundreds of council meetings in my career covering councils from as small as Latchford, Ontario, to as big as, uh, you know, in high school I was the kind of geek that used to go in and sit in on Toronto City Hall meetings because I had nothing better to do with my time. Um, I think I bring a a perspective on it from having covered so many um, council meetings, so many council decisions, issues that face municipalities, that uh, I can bring that experience to City Hall. I can bring that understanding to City Hall and hopefully help again drive the city forward. Which is very intimidating for me because you know what you're doing in a studio, and I don't. <laughs> it's all about comfort level. Yeah, you get a few it, more of these under your belt, you'll be nice and comfortable. You do it, it is indeed. Uh, now, what issues do you think are going to emerge during this campaign? What, what do you think you're going to hear at the doors? I've already been out talking um, with leaders in the community, with just regular people in the community. Anybody will stop and talk to me for more than five minutes, I'll talk to you. And, and what I'm hearing, I mean, it's, it's a lot of the usual issues. It's a matter of uh, transportation, getting around town, getting in and out of the city, getting in and out of the downtown, getting in access to uh, the greater transportation services that we have in this region and, and that are expanding, the 407, the GO train. I think development, where and how we want to develop this city is going to be a huge issue moving forward. What kind of community do we want to have as our city grows? We are designated by the province as one of the places to grow. We do have a projection of 40,000 more people coming to this town. What do we want to do? Do we want to become a subdivision? 
of Toronto, of Oshawa? Do we want to become a berry type city, a city where it's houses as far as the guy can see? Or do we want to take what's best for Peterborough? What makes mm. Peterborough great? Places like the East City, those neighborhoods, and recreate them as we expand and grow. And then finally, you know, I think we really do need to bring the city up to date on its um, structures and its services for, for its residents. I think we do need more recreational facilities. I think we need more support facilities for the changing dynamics of families. As, as you know, we're not a mom and dad and two kids anymore. We're a mom and dad or we're mom and mom and kids and grandma's living in the house or being taken care of. We have all of these issues and I think we're in a very unique position right now that we could really start providing and creating the kind of community that uh, we can really be proud of. Oh, you've touched on an issue that's was near and dear to me, of course, the official plan review. Um, and I guess what what sort of stumbles for me is how to engage citizens at the doors uh, when you're campaigning on the importance of the official plan. I think I think one of the real challenges that I'm, I think I'm going to find as I go door to door is, is we have this idea of what we want for our houses, right? I mean, it's the house I have. It's a it's detached house, three bedrooms. It's got a backyard. We, you know, yeah. we, they, everybody wants that kind of place. But I, I've also lived downtown Toronto in a condominium. I loved living downtown Toronto in a condominium. There's nothing better than having everything you'd ever want to do in life six blocks away from your house. I think we need to find that balance between creating neighborhoods like we're seeing going in and creating that density in that areas in the city that really create those urban communities. We are changing. We are turning from a town into a city, right? I mean, it, it seems kind of mm -hmm. silly at this, but we are the 22nd largest municipality in the country. We are not a small town, but what do we do as we grow to maintain that small town, to, cre to, to take what's best of Peterborough and continue that into the new developments that come into our community? Right. Where do you stand on major issues that uh, may come across your desk? Well, may, will come across your desk uh, if you uh, get a seat on council. I'm thinking of the things like um, the PDI purchase, uh, the Parkway, uh, Harper Park, and so on. I think a lot of these issues need to, to, to take a fresh approach to. So, you know, you mentioned the PDI cell. I think, quite frankly, that the way that was handled by uh, staff and council was very poor. And it's obviously reflected mm -hmm. in the fact that most of the residents, according to the polling, a vast majority of residents are against the sale of PDI. If it is a good deal for the city, for the residents, it was a terrible job of selling it and explaining it to the community. I don't personally feel that anybody could tell us that's a great deal given the information we have at hand. I think we really need to follow process and follow to make sure that we are, if we are going to sell an asset like PDI, you need to make sure we're going to get good value today and in the future. You know, Parkway. Parkway is a 70-year-old issue. I haven't been in town for 70 years. I haven't been alive for 70 years. But <laughs> it's an issue, you know, clearly it's an issue that, that does not have a good solution. Otherwise, somebody would have figured it out by now. In 70 years, there's been a lot of smart people in this community that would have figured out the Parkway. We are hamstrung by the regulations of the province of what you can and cannot do, whether or not you could separate the bridge from the rest of the parkway. I'm definitely against the bridge. The bridge, to me, is, is a, a, a very expensive idea that does not really accomplish what you need. And I think we can really, by tweaking our existing infrastructure, we can create the same results that a bridge would. The rest of the parkway, again, it's tied up right now. We don't really have the ability to separate it, but I, I can see an argument as to given the traffic needs in that area, the lack of north-south access through the west end of the city does create a need to, to keep that open. But I, if, if you're going to go down that road, if you are going to go to 
building something like that, I think you really need to look at it as what is best for the city. Not on a, I'm a pro-parkway guy or I'm a negative parkway guy. It's, it's a matter of what, given the evidence that we have at time, what is the best decision we can make, again, for now and mm-hmm. as we move forward. And I think you need to keep some of those options open. Fair enough. Now, for candidates uh, uh, of a certain age, well, you would remember this certainly uh, when you first started uh, paying attention to politics. Door-to-door canvassing was where it was at. I mean, that's where the relationships were formed, where people looked each other in the eye. And as the door-to-door campaigning went, so often went the whole campaign. Now we have this new thing that seems to be growing with each succeeding election. Uh, It's called social media. How has that changed the campaign game? I think it's changed uh, to a certain degree. I I will tell you frankly, and and I'm fortunate enough to have some very smart people who've done this kind of thing before and work with people campaigning before. And and the number one thing we have to do as candidates is door knocking. You have to go out and talk to the people. You Mm -hmm. have to get press the flesh. You have to be out in front of them and let them know who you are, especially in a municipal election where you really are campaigning your neighbors, you're talking to your neighbors, you're, you're I, um, you know, representing a small part of the city, so your, your focus is on that and your neighbors. If you're not going to go out and door knock, uh, you know, unless you're a very well-known name, you're not, you're not going to get your name out there, the advertising and things like that. I think what social media brings, though, is that other element of direct contact with a candidate I've certainly experienced now since... Uh, joining up with some of the social media that I had avoided in the past. Um, you know, I'm certainly getting in contact with more people. I'm having direct questions posed to me. I'm having people uh, directly contact with me, which is great. I think if um, you can use it as just another avenue to to have that communication with the people you want to represent, any communication is best. You know, every any opportunity to communicate is, is an opportunity you want to take. So you're going to be on the various platforms or some of those platforms? Currently I'm Facebook, on Twitter. So currently I'm on Facebook and Twitter. I I was been on Twitter for a number of years. Mm-hmm. I've used it uh, quite extensively when I was a reporter with checks. Uh, mm-hmm. That was about the time I was starting to come along. I, I certainly used it as an ability to connect with the viewers. Facebook is a, <laughs> certainly a different beast than that, yes. trying to balance between the family photos and the uh, political statements. But again, I, I, I look at them all as it's challenging. It's, it's certainly fraught with dangers, but I do look at it as, a, as an excellent opportunity to connect and communicate with those people I do want to represent. Fair enough. Now, online voting is becoming, of course, more more prevalent with each uh, municipal election. We don't have it yet in provincial or federal. Um, but in the 2014 election, for example, uh, 36% of Daryl Bennett's supporters voted online whereas 44% of Maria Monsef's supporters uh, voted online. Would you encourage and how would you encourage people to take advantage of online voting? I don't know if I really necessarily encourage people to take advantage of online voting. I think by giving people more options to to vote, by giving them more um, Mm. different ways of voting, you get the opportunity to increase the number of people who will actually take advantage of those opportunities. Um, myself, personally, I'm kind of an old traditionalist guy. I like going in and marking my right. name on a piece of paper and shoving it in a box. Uh, right. You know, I think the convenience of online voting certainly is an asset. I think it's can be challenging. I, there's certainly, uh, um, as we've seen in some of the nominations and uh, um, leadership campaigns in the last couple of years that have used electronic voting, it's certainly not foolproof. Mm. But I do think it's the way we're going to go, and I think it's it's definitely an option to uh, uh, engage people and, again, give them another opportunity to vote. Now, Monaghan Ward 
Is Fleming College in your ward? Fleming College is not. We, uh, not we ride in uh, Monaghan rides north of uh, Lansdowne and Autonomy is south, yeah. Right, right. In any event, how are you going to work with uh, young people? How would you encourage young people to vote? You know, I... I've always been interested in politics, so I, I, I've always found it fascinating. I've always wanted to be close to it and understand it. So I sometimes am <laughs> not overly sympathetic when people aren't interested in it, given the effect that politics has on their lives. But I think young people are engaged. I think they're, you know, I've certainly seen in my campaign, there are a lot of people that are concerned about what is going on in the city, about the, the, the way the city is being managed, about the way the city is guiding itself into the future. And I think people, young people are engaged. I think like everything else, though, you've got to give them a reason to get involved. And, and um, you know, I think we have a lot of situations these days where it's so easy to become apathetic. It's so easy to just go, oh, everybody's the same. What difference does it make? And I, you know, I think when you when you bring into an election like this one, is, and I'm, I'm really quite pleased that we're starting to see a lot more diversity in our candidates, a lot more different representation. There's a varying set of ages. I mean, we have uh, Zach Hatton, who's 18 years old, running... Uh, women are running, uh, you know, we're not at the numbers yet. I'd love to see it just be everybody run without worrying about whether or not you're 18 or a woman or anything like that. But that's the age we live in. It's, it's, I think if you can bring people to the table willing to run who uh, bring a diversity of ideas, whether you agree with them or not, politics certainly becomes much more engaging. Well put. Um- as you look at the campaign coming up, uh, and I thank you for your patience in, in responding to all my questions, what questions do you have that you'd like to leave with uh, citizens, listeners, uh, that they should keep in mind as they begin looking at the municipal campaign, looking at candidates and all the wards? What should they keep in mind? Well, I think, I think people need to have a vision of, of what they want the city to be. And I think if you can think forward and look forward and, and envision the city as it does grow with as the new people move to town, and, you know, a lot of these people are going to be commuters. They're going to be coming out of the Durham region as they get priced out of Durham, as they get priced out of Toronto. They're going to be coming here to live, but they're still going to be working in Durham and Toronto. Mm-hmm. It's going to change who lives in the city and their focuses. And I think as we guide the city through that process, what people should, should really be focusing on is what kind of city do you want? What do you want Peterborough to be? And I think if uh, we can focus on that and focus on what makes Peterborough special and try and bring that further as we grow as a city, I think we'll be in great shape. Wonderful. Last question before I let you go. Um, There is another election on as we speak. (laughs) So I've heard. Uh, More and more buzz. I'm hearing more and more about it. What's your take on how that election, the Ontario provincial election, is unfolding? Any surprises? Yeah, well, I mean, it, I think this election is going to be chock full of surprises. In, in uh, my reporting days, I, you know, of course, I work with Kojiko and covered uh, provincial and federal and municipal elections on elections night. And uh, I, from a journalist's point of view, I always loved election night. That's the Super Bowl. That's where all the actions happen. I was never actually much of a fan of covering campaigns, but election night was the most fun. This one, I... I don't even want to begin to speculate how this one's going to end up. Uh, Doug Ford certainly changes the dynamic. Um, there's many times when people have written the Ford brothers off, myself included, and they have astonished everybody. So I, I certainly can't uh, dis- dis- dispute that. Uh, 
it's been an interesting race. It's really been interesting to see how the, the, the tensions back and forth between the leaders have flowed through this election. And it'll be very interesting to see how the voters of this province decide to go because it's uh, some pretty clear choices for this province. Two weeks will tell. Dave McGowan, running in Monaghan Ward. Thanks so much for coming in. Thanks for the opportunity. Love doing radio. Thank you very much. Thanks, Dave.